On this week's episode, we have Nathan Gwillem, and he's a serial entrepreneur who has created and sold three digital ventures, including Adoption.com, the number one adoption site, and he's the host of Monetization Nation, the blog, the podcast, YouTube channel, and more. And the cool thing about him, too, is the BYU Center for Entrepreneurship gave him the Best of the Decade Award. So we will have a treat for you. I actually got, <laughs> there was a moment in time where I, I actually got goosebumps in him telling one of his stories. So you're in for a treat. But first, I got to tell you about Schedule Once, super powering your customer scheduling or podcast scheduling or whatever it is that you need to get uh, scheduled on your calendar. No more chasing, going back and forth to see when you know time is available. You can use Schedule Once to help you on your booking pages, on your website, and let your prospects and clients schedule meetings in seconds with you. Go to peppershock.com slash offers and get a special offer from me on Schedule Once. And now it's time for the Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Okay, so I say measure what you treasure, dump what you don't, automate what you hate, and enjoy the journey. So we're going to talk about automating what you hate, marketing automation explained. And of course, there's a blog post with a lot more details on the website, and we'll include the link in the show notes. But marketing automation isn't necessarily a new thing, but have you really looked into it and explored how awesome it can really be? Uh, you can Use it to help you generate leads, drive sales, measure your ROI. You can see what people click on and what they open and don't open and automating all of the things that you can do as much as possible while customizing it and personalizing it at the same time. So maybe you have been using marketing automation in your sales funnel for some time now. Maybe you just want to help find ways to make it better or test it to make it even more effective. Uh, so anyway, marketing automation is something that you can do. And we know that by getting ahead of the competition, by utilizing marketing automation can help you do this. And it's funny because only about 3% of B2B companies are using marketing automation. So huge opportunity for us to help with email sending, triggering, um, building those relationships with the leads, having dynamic forms where you can capture those leads with the forms designed to help you convert. Uh, we can get sales notifications, email or text people when leads indicate that they are ready to buy, right? If you can automate that as much as possible, it's awesome, right? You can use this platform that we use to help you get dynamic web content and landing pages created uh, with ease, really. You can understand who's looking at your site with, um, understanding and tracking those leads and doing some lead scoring, understanding how often people are engaging with you on your site or on your emails. And then those who engage with you more, right, they're going to be scored a lot higher. So think about how you can use a system like this to integrate into your marketing strategy. We use a system called Benchmark One, and we're agencies of record and we can broker this out. Uh, or just think about the different automation tools that are out there. What's going to be right for you? What makes the most sense? What can be integrated with your site and your email system? How can you make it all happen and manage it and then use this to your advantage? Okay, but without further ado, let's get into the interview with Nathan and go from there. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your marketing expedition guide, Ray Allen. 
Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest is Nathan Gwillem. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Ray. Absolutely. Let's share a little bit uh, about your history and who you are and what you do and what you're so passionate about. Certainly. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've created and sold three ventures, including adoption.com. I started adoption.com when I was in college in, uh, in my college computer lab, ended up winning the BYU business plan competition and, and uh, super grateful for BYU helping me get, give me my start. I am now the host of a show called Monetization Nation. It's a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel. Uh, I also do digital monetization uh, consulting work. I help people develop and ed- and execute their digital monetization strategies. And I'm kind of an incurable creator. I, I like building ventures for myself or helping other people build and grow their ventures. Fantastic. And so let's talk about some of these things that you've done for some of your clients, what you called a tectonic shift. Give me an example of what that is. Sure. So think of tectonic shifts in the world of geology, right? Where you have two tectonic plates that move against each other. And and where that happens, you can have massive destruction, like an earthquake or a volcanic eruption. But you also can have massive growth, like a mountain formation. And the same thing happens in business. We are surrounded by these constantly moving tectonic shifts in our business landscape. And if we ignore them and and we don't pay attention to them, it can be destructive. And companies that have not paid attention to tectonic shifts usually lose market share or they go out of business. Think of Sears and Amazon, right? Sears you know, had all of the resources and the money and the relationships and the vendors and the stores. And then this little nobody called Jeff Bezos came around and, and this tectonic shift called e-commerce happened, right? And Sears did not do a good job of leveraging it. They had Every reason they should have won the e-commerce tectonic shift. But Jeff Bezos is now one of the wealthiest people in the world and Sears has filed for bankruptcy, right? And it's because they didn't leverage that tectonic shift. And you see that happen over and over again. You think of Uber, right? Uber leveraged the tectonic shift of mobile within the, the ride-sharing space, right? And the yellow cab industry, they had every reason they should have been the ones that won that space, but they didn't leverage the mobile tectonic shift that was there. And, and we could go over and over again about these examples, you know, think of Blockbuster and, and Netflix and, and how Blockbuster had every reason they could have won. And, and Netflix even tried to sell to Blockbuster and Blockbuster didn't do it. And <laughs> now Blockbuster is bankrupt and out of business and Netflix is, is the dominant player in the space. So it's about finding and leveraging the tectonic shifts so that we can leapfrog our competitors and and achieve growth. It's kind of like a, like riding a wave. When we when we catch a wave, the wave's going to go to shore whether or not we're on it. And if we can get up on that wave, we can get to shore a lot faster with a lot less effort than if we have to swim to shore. And that's what a tectonic shift does for us. Fantastic. Well, I will tell you, Blockbuster has one store left yes. <laughs> in Bend, Oregon. And the reason I know this is my husband and uh, two boys went on a scout camp out and they stopped off at Blockbuster and got me a nice hoodie and pictures and you know memorabilia. <laughs> the, the one and only last in the world, right? It was pretty fun. But yeah, they still rent out DVDs. I, I can't imagine. But uh, <laughs> and they kind of they sell other knickknacks and stuff, too. I think that's how they 
kind of keep their their business going. But uh, it's it's yeah, really interesting to see, you know, what they op- the opportunities that they had right in front of them, and then they just you know missed the boat on that. So I can see where that they needed a tectonic shift in their business. <laughs> I'll give you one other fun example along that line. Did you know that Elon Musk early on went to the Yellow Pages and pitched them to put the Yellow Pages online and and digitize the Yellow Pages? And one of the owners of of this company picked up this big, huge Yellow yellow Pages and threw it at Elon Musk and said, do you think you're ever going to replace this? Right. And now Yellow Pages are bankrupt and Elon Musk is one of the wealthiest people in the world. Right. Oh, my gosh. I can just picture once Yellow Pages were online or where you can, you know, access online information. uh, We were using the Yellow Pages for like booster seats for my kids to sit on at the (laughs) dinner table. Like, what else do you use with it? Right. (laughs) That's so funny. I I can't think of any other practical application. Uh, Right. Yeah. To prop up the plants up above on a shelf (laughs) or kindling. (laughs) For your husband to take on his next scout camp scout camp right i know it's it's very true um yeah and we've obviously been in business for 18 years so we did have yellow pages at the beginning before facebook was invented before you know all of those types of things so uh, it's just kind of fun to see that transition tell me more about some clients that you've worked with that you've kind of applied your tectonic you know what what did you do how did you do it what happened uh, as a result Sure. Give you a couple of examples. So David Nealeman is another serial entrepreneur and he creates airlines. He's built and sold, he's built five airlines so far. And like he did JetBlue, for example, was one he did in the US. He's currently doing Breeze, which is his newest one in the US. And when he was doing Azul Airlines, that's a Brazilian airline. Uh, I speak Portuguese and I've, I've helped build four or five companies in Brazil. And so he hired me to help him go down with them and help him help him develop and execute digital strategy for Azul. And when we were trying to put together this strategy, we were looking for tectonic shifts. That's kind of my MO is, is you see, we don't take the same strategy that worked 10 years ago and try to use it for every company for the next 20 years. The strategy is what are the tectonic shifts that are shifting right now for this industry and how do we leverage those? So in that specific situation, Orcut was the leading social network in Brazil at the time. They dominated 90 plus percent of social network activity was Orcut. And so a normal person would have said, let's use Orcut and let's let's build out on Orcut and, and grow Azul on Orcut. But what I saw is Facebook had been huge in the United States. And about two months before David hired me, Facebook launched in Brazil. And so I knew Facebook was going to beat Orkut. And so what we did is we ignored Orkut and we saw this tectonic shift just starting the shift from Orkut to Facebook. And so we ignored it. We put essentially no dollars into Orkut and we doubled down and tripled down on Facebook. And we got, because we were such an early adopter in Brazil of Facebook, we got to where half of all the Facebook users in Brazil um, were following Azul Airlines and these pages we created. We created a hundred different Facebook pages. We did a bunch of testing. We found three of them that did the best. We then turned off 97 of the Facebook pages and we then just doubled down on these three Facebook pages. We did a bunch of other things. That's just one example of a tectonic shift we leveraged for them. But through these different strategies and a lot of work of other very smart people down there, much smarter than me, uh, we became 
at one point I was told we became the fastest growing airline in aviation history with that. So uh, tectonic shifts can help us grow in a way that's not possible when we're trying to grow through brute force. Would you like me to give another example? Oh, sure. Yes, this is great. Go ahead. Okay, another example. So there was a com- there's a company in Utah called Deseret Digital Media. And it's, it's a local media company. They own a TV station, which is KSL, and a, a local newspaper, Deseret News, and, and uh, uh, you know, local websites. You know, it, it's, it's a local media play. And the problem was that their market was so small in Utah. Even if they reached everybody that they could reach, there was only about 3 million people in Utah at the time. And, and a new CEO was hired, and his board gave him the task of reaching hundreds of millions of people with light and knowledge. That was his mission. He was given from his board. And he knew that even if he reached every single person in Utah, there's no way he could reach hundreds of millions of people with light and knowledge. So he hired me and said, Nathan, your job is to help us figure out what this strategy is. We know we've got to do something new. We don't know what it's going to be. So go do the research, go do the focus groups, develop the strategy, and then execute it. And so we did that. And we ended up, we used a concept that I call passion marketing, and we can talk about that more in the future, but we found the highest level passions of their target audience. We built a series of of, uh, social channels that instead of focusing on the brand, we focused on the passion. And um, when I started, they had about 100,000 social followers and and through this strategy, they reached more than 130 million social followers. And we reached more than 40 million comments, likes, and shares per month on this strategy. And then I built a series of websites for them focused on their passions and launched those from scratch. And those websites ended up reaching more than 280 million monthly unique visitors. So we did it. We, re- we didn't just reach hundreds of millions of people like light knowledge. We did it on a monthly basis. And, and we did it by leveraging a couple of tectonic shifts for them. One of them was this concept of passion marketing and, and building the business around the passion instead of building it around the brand. And then the second tectonic shift that we used for them was, was Facebook at the time. And we, Facebook was growing and we leveraged the growth of Facebook and the, the passions within the passion marketing strategy within Facebook. So give me an example of, you know, let's get pretty granular here. Uh, one of the, maybe the posts or things that you did around passion marketing, what, what does that mean exactly? What yeah. is an example for us? Okay. So let me explain, let me explain the problem first, and then it'll, it'll help you understand why we did what we did. So, so there were two problems there. Um, when you market through a brand, the reality is most people do not care about our brands. Like they could care less about our brands. In fact, I remember at Deseret Digital Media sitting in a, a meeting with, with their top executives. And, and I asked them, I said, on a scale of zero to 10, with zero being you couldn't care less about this and 10 being it just drives your life, super passionate about it. I want you to tell me how passionate you are about this primary brand that we own, right? And and, and so the top executives who you think would be the most passionate about this brand on a scale of zero to 10, what, what do you think they scored their top brand? Well, I mean, it, it, you're leading me up to thinking that they didn't necessarily make it a 10. <laughs> yeah, it was two and a half. Wow. They gave their top brand a two and a half on the passion score. 
And, and the reality is when we try to market something that our customers have a two and a half score on the passion meter for, it's like trying to market through a brick wall. People just don't care. They're the guy that managed their branded Facebook page didn't even follow their Facebook page, right? It just, when you try to publish everything out through your brand, people don't care about everything we do and they don't care about the brand and it just doesn't work. And you have to pay people to follow you. You have to do paid contests. People don't share it. They don't engage with it. It just is a horrible strategy. So what we did is we brought, we found who their ideal customer was. We then brought their ideal customers into focus groups and we used what I, Toyota developed this model. It's the five whys exercise. And we said, basically, why do you use our product or service? And then whatever the answer is, we asked them five times why. And, and at the end, you find the core motive, the core reason why people do what they do. And, and we found at Deseret Digital Media top passion statements like, I, I want a more loving marriage. That was one of the top ones. Or uh, I want my children to feel my love or I love BYU football, <laughs> or, you know, we, we found these statements that just really resonated at the highest level with our ideal customers. And then we started building everything around those passion statements. We, we did social channels that had that name as the name of the social channel. And, and we built websites around those passions and we started creating content around those, those websites. So instead of having one branded Facebook page where you push all your content, you had a whole bunch of Facebook pages around passions. And if someone was passionate about BYU football, you put your BYU football content into that and people followed it and they got the content they cared about. And if they were passionate about their children feeling their love, we had parenting related Facebook pages and we created parenting content and pushed it into the parenting Facebook page, right? It was everything revolved around the passion. And that's how you go from 100,000 followers to 130 million followers. And that's how you go to 280 million monthly uniques is you go to your, you be customer centric. You don't, you don't create a product like content or a brand and try to then find your audience. You flip it on its head. You start with the customer, you find out what their highest level 10 passion is, and then you create your products and services and content messaging, everything and channels around those passions and you look really smart. It looks really good. It's not that complex, but you're just finding out what your customers really care about and then giving it to them. Oh, I think that's fantastic. What a great example to show what passion marketing is all about. I think that's great. I'm going to back us up a little bit. I want to find out more about Nathan and where and how you came to be this person that you are. I'm going to ask you a fun question. Here we go. I want you to tell us what year you graduated high school without telling us the year give us some insight into what was going on during that time frame for you okay we're gonna back up and then we're gonna go forward so tell me tell me some indications of what year you graduated high school without actually telling us the year oh that's great <laughs> um so the the gulf war happened during my senior year the the persian gulf war is that enough for you to guess it? Yeah, about about the time frame. I'm I'm sure it's you know in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, and um, bright neon colors were very in style back then. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, so I'm a huge Phoenix Suns fan. So so the I became a big Phoenix Suns fan because of of Charles Barkley joining the Phoenix Suns that year. 
um, or right around that that time frame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I have a pretty good indication as to when you went to high school. We won't have to say the year, but now let's. Okay, you went to BYU for college, right? What, what, what did you major in? I studied entrepreneurship, but after I won that business plan competition after my junior year, and I. I had maybe 13 employees or so. I ended up dropping out of school and it took me 10 years to go back and, and finish it. And you got, you got it. You got the certificate in the mail that says, and I even did my MBA too. <laughs> and you did an MBA too. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit more about that competition. What happened or who you were competing against? Like what was the scenario there? So when, when I started my first business, I am very passionate about child welfare issues. It is a, it's something that's a level 10 passion for me. And I, I was a missionary down in Brazil for a couple of years. And I kind of fell in love with these street kids. They, they, uh, they would ask me for money and, and I was a volunteer missionary paying my own way. No one was paying me any salary to do it. And, and so I'd give them the change out of my pocket, but as a volunteer missionary college student, right, that money ran out really fast. And so when I got back, I vowed to do something to make a lasting difference in the life of these kids. And while I was in Brazil for those two years, the internet took off. I, I don't think I heard of the internet at all my freshman year in college, but when I came back, the internet was the rage. It was oh, yeah. the tectonic shift, right? And I saw it as kind of the wild west, like where you could go out and, and homestead and just pick a land, piece of land, go pick the prettiest piece of land you wanted and stake your claim. And if you stayed there, it was your land and you owned it. And, right. and the internet felt like that. And so I, I kind of said, well, what's the claim that I want to stake? And, and I, I really wanted to help children through adoption. And so I, I was part of the honors program at BYU. And at the time you had to write a thesis within your major. And so they allowed me to do a business plan for my thesis and I did a business plan on how to help children through adoption. Nice. And, and uh, as I was doing the research for that, I, I went to adoption.com for the first time ever. And there was a, a basic website up there with, it had a photo listing of some children that were needing to be adopted. And without even thinking about it ever, I, I just emailed the owner of that website and said, would you sell adoption.com to me? And we ended up negotiating. She offered to sell for 10,000. We negotiated down for six. My oh. father loaned me the initial capital and we bought the domain name and the rest is history. We, we launched it in a, a computer lab there, got mostly BYU students, some people, some, some, uh, maybe a former student who were right there in the area to help us get it created and launched. And, and we were off to the races. Wow. What a great name. I mean, what a great URL to, to have too. I mean, you can't get URLs like that anymore that are just the one word, you know, .com. So that's fantastic. And then, so then you sold that company and then, and then moved forward and then started the company you have now. Yes. And I, I still work for adoption.com when I sold that venture. So I, I actually did not sell adoption.com until 2019. And in, in 2008, luckily sold it right before the pandemic. It was yeah. pretty good timing. When I sold that, the, the buyer had me sign a, a contract to, to kind of transition the company to them, right. a, a, a multi-year contract. So I'm, I'm still working. Uh, it's an adoption agency, a phenomenal adoption agency called the Gladney Center for Adoption. And I am still the executive director of adoption.com. I work for 
the Gladney Center for Adoption um, part-time, and I, I'm helping them to transition adoption.com so it works for their purposes. I love that organization and love their mission. Fantastic. And now you've got some other things going on with Monetization Nation and what else? Yeah. So so at Monetization Nation, I, I, the first step that I took is to create a show. Uh, Russell Brunson, who I think is one of the best digital marketers of our generations. He's kind of um, my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So, Down the street anyway. <laughs> oh, is he? Cool. Well, I mean, I, the, yeah, the next city over. <laughs> yeah. So he says, you know, if, he promises if you publish every day for a year, you'll be financially free. And so I took him up on that promise and, and I have published every day since February and, um, and it, it's done great for me. And it, the best thing that I'm getting out of it is networking with people like you and building relationships that there's no other way I could have built. And so I have my monetization nation show. We publish a blog, a podcast, a, a YouTube video and, and social content every day. And and I did that first to build a reach and an audience and relationships and help people kind of know, like, and trust me. And then I've been working on a book. I've got a book that I'm probably 80% of the way done with, and it's called Credibility Marketing. And I think that's the biggest tectonic shift transforming business world today. And I do consulting services for companies where I help them develop and execute their monetization strategies and building a software product that helps build credibility. Um, so just working on building some things that'll, that uh, should hit next year. And you already have a book out, right? It's a digital download. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have an ebook out called Passion Marketing and you can download a free copy of that at passionmarketing.com. Well, you're just really good at getting URLs, aren't you? <laughs> That's a great name and a great, I mean, credibility marketing too. I mean, that is uh, definitely something that people need to know more about and hear more about and understand what it means. So I think that'll be a, a successful book for you as well. Yeah, I, I am kind of a domainer. I, I should go to domain, domain namer uh, anonymous or something, but <laughs> I've made a lot of money over the years with that. It's been a good thing for me. I, I've made millions of dollars buying and selling domain names and it's helped fund my, my adventures. So I, I've developed some methodologies of finding and acquiring, even today, um, at domain names at inexpensive or reasonable prices. I just recently got credibilitymarketing.com for, for the new book. So. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. Passion marketing, credibility marketing. I love it. Adoption.com. I mean, you've done really well in that space for sure. <laughs> I've owned advertising.com, retirement.com, woman.com, stockmarket.com, lots of them over the years. Wow. That's fan. That, that that helps a lot, I think. In in having the name be what it is, like Peppershock.com. That's why we took it when we started the company, because my maiden name Peppershock.com was already taken by one of my relatives. So Peppershock.com became the name back in two thousand three. It's like you know something memorable. It sticks. It's one word. You know, and so I think that's a that's a really good strategy to be able to have the best uh, domain name. That's .com. I mean, there's all these other ones out there. .net. .biz. Whatever, but still the dot coms kind of rule the world. <laughs> yeah, they still do, and probably will for quite a while. Okay, so I know you produce content and do all these things. What kinds of things do you listen to or read, or where do you get your resources and information? What are some favorite things that you can share? Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm a bookaholic. I, I buy a lot of books and I consume a lot of books and audiobooks. Um, 
I, I'm a big fan of Russell Brunson, like we talked about. I, I consume almost all the training that he produces. Um, I do his coaching program. Uh, I, I really like Kelly Roach a lot and, and her books and her podcast. Uh, I think she's brilliant. Um, I, I like John Lee Dumas a lot and and uh, his, his new book and and his podcast. Um, I'm also a big believer in, in um, real-time as-needed education. So as I need something, I go out and get education on that. And, and I'm becoming more and more a believer in, in uh, hiring mentors who are experts at it that can kind of accelerate my time frame. And uh, I can obviously learn things myself, but it takes a long time. And if I can bring someone in, they can kind of help shorten the time frame that it takes for me to get where I need to be. Yeah, I love the idea that even coaches need coaches and even consultants need, you know, consultants. So I think that's a great uh, tool to be able to utilize and lean on others who are smarter than you in one area than what you might be, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? I did not believe in myself enough when I started. And that lack of belief caused a lot of problems because I made business decisions that I I maybe wouldn't have made, and and I learned that I could do it. But but by then I'd, I'd made some business decisions that that ended up costing me millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> um, so so the best advice is is believe in yourself. Believe that you really can do this. You you don't do everything you can to not give away equity at the beginning if you can. If you can figure out how to get it up and going and and get it launched without having to give away equity, or at least don't give up control of your business. Um, giving away equity can be really hard because you put yourself in a spot where a lot, a lot of times investors, and I've had some great investors over the years. This is not indicative of all investors, but a lot of times investors, they, they have a different agenda than you. They want a short-term return on their investment or, or some other thing that's different than what you're wanting. And, and they might put pressure on you to, to do what's in their best interests, such as maximizing short-term profitability. That's not what's going to help you maximize long-term profitability, like building a show, for example, that's a long-term play, not a short-term play. And so if you have an investor that's just cares about getting three X return by next year, they're never going to support you in building a show where that's the right long-term decision. So believe in yourself, try to give up as little equity as you possibly can. And, and if you have to give up equity, definitely keep control of the business. I love that. Okay, let's talk about future. Uh, what are your goals to accomplish? What do you want to have happen uh, in the next you know, six months, 12 months, two years, five years, 10 years? Tell me what, what, your, what are your aspirations yeah. and dreams? So I am writing my first printed book. Like I said, I'm about 80% done. It's called Credibility Marketing. And, um, and so I'm real excited about getting that done. And I'm putting, I'm putting good effort into that. I, I'm also putting a lot into helping adoption.com be successful and helping Gladney, the buyer, be successful. Um, once I'm done with a book, I will do a course about credibility marketing and, and some related products to, to credibility marketing. And I am, I'm building a software product. I am, I am really excited about this software product. There is nothing like this in the industry. I'm sure there will be before I launch it, but there, there is nothing there. I think it, it serves a huge need that hundreds of thousands of people need, and there's nothing like it. And uh, focusing on getting that software product to market will be 
huge for me. It, it's it's going to be called My Platforms, and um, it, it's it's about helping people build um, instead of building your your business on land somebody else owns. It's helping you build your platform on your skyscraper on land that you own. Ah, I like that analogy. It's, it'll be ours to own rather than somebody else's. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, what exactly is credibility marketing? And then why do you do what you do? Yeah, so let me start off explaining credibility marketing by explaining the problem. The problem is, you know, 25 years ago, businesses would buy as much advertising as they could afford, and then they would use that advertising to tell the world how awesome they are in their own voice. And the reality is today, that is that is almost a guaranteed failed strategy. 70% uh, of our ideal customers don't trust anything we say about our own businesses. We are not credible. We are believed to be biased. If, if I wanted to buy a new SUV, there's no way I would go to a Toyota salesman and ask him what the best SUV is, right? He's going to be biased. He's only going to tell me the good things about his cars and, and all the bad things about everyone else's cars. I want to hear what real SUV buyers have to say. I want to hear what influencers have to say. I want to hear what scientific data has to say. Those are the credible voices. And so successful businesses today are having to shift from them being the, the voice about why they have a good product to instead marketing through more credible sources. And, and there's dozens of different ways to do that. Influencer marketing and becoming an influencer and word of mouth marketing and reviews marketing. And you know, there's lots of different ways. Um, but helping people understand how they can market much more effectively through credibility marketing. It's a, we have a lot of businesses that have great products today and they're just hitting their heads against the wall because they can't get anyone to pay attention. They feel invisible. And, and the answer to that is credibility marketing. Oh, very nice. Okay. Now tell me why you do what you do. Start with Simon, with Simon Sinek says, you know, start with why. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's hear yeah, it. I, Give it to I me. love that book. <laughs> yeah. So, so my why comes down to one word. It comes down to freedom. And, and that means a lot to me, but it's, it's freedom for me and for the people I love. And it's freedom that, that I don't have to work a million hours in the day. It's, it's freedom that when my wife needs medical care, she can get whatever medical care she wants. It's, it's freedom for, for the people I love that if my daughter wants to pursue a certain dream in her life, I've got the money, you know, to help her do that. It's, it's freedom for my customers, my, my CEOs that are, are wanting to, to have freedom in their life and freedom for the people that they love and freedom for their customers. I, I think I can describe almost all of my why through that freedom, freedom to do what I want, when I want, for the people that I want to do the good in the world and make the difference that I want and not be limited by that time and that money. Oh, I love that, Nathan. Thank you for sharing. That was, you gave me goosebumps, honestly. I love it. I, I really do like your word and that's, that's really awesome. All right. Before we wrap up, um, let's share some of those websites again and ways that people can reach out to you and work with you and get more information from you. Sure. So if you enjoyed what I was talking about today and you want to hear more about it, you can follow Monetization Nation. You can follow our blog at monetizationnation.com. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, You can our, our Facebook group, or, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. 
If you want to learn more about passion marketing and how you can apply it to your business, you can download uh, a free ebook at passionmarketing.com. Excellent. And when you are able to get your credibilitymarketing.com website going with your printed book, I'm going to expect a signed copy so that I can read it and share it with the world. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I love it. And I would love to have you as a guest on my show too. Absolutely. Yeah. Pod swapping or, you know, swap casting, however people call it. I would absolutely love to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you. All right. For those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for us is to download and share this with others and give us a review. Hey, building that credibility marketing right now. That's right. <laughs> those are things that we all can love and, and uh, appreciate. So uh, thank you so much, Nathan, for being on the show and giving us such good golden nuggets for us to implement into our businesses and helping us build brands and bottom lines, right? And for those of you listening, until next time, thank you so much and enjoy your journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.